So, before we get stuck into this week's Football Funny, I wanted to ask a favour. On this week's show, you're going to hear some audio from Channel 4's Stand Up To Cancer. It's a fantastic cause that helps kick the ass of cancer for good by funding research into a cure. Please lend your support by texting FIGHT to 70404 and donating £10. After all, the podcast is free, right? UK residents 16 and over only, and please ask the bill payers' permission before you do, and do it before 31st of May 2017. You can find out more at standuptocancer.org.uk. Stand up, save lives. Which is kind of ironic on this podcast, seeing as standing up seems to be a real problem amongst most Premier League footballers. Let's do this. Hello, this is On The Left Side, the alternative football show, taking the old bits of football that have been left behind in the fridge and blending them into a delicious soccer podcast. And what a week in football it's been. This week, we saw the makers of Football Manager revealing that they're making a special update that simulates Brexit in the game. It's a great idea. In fact, I'm going to do exactly the same with today's show. For the next few minutes, we're going to eye up anything with a funny foreign accent with suspicion. Mm -hmm. We're going to moan about how much a pint's going to cost when we go to Spain next year. And there won't be a whiff of Marmite anywhere. Just like the real thing. So, what's on this week's show? Football gets technophobic. We unveil the next England manager. And a piece of footballing music worse than the mullets on show in Hoddle and Waddle's Diamond Lights. But first, let's get it on. What is it with football and sexiness at the moment? It all started last year with LVG demanding that his players get horny. A lot of times I, I use the word uh, horny. And then there was Andy Cole saying that Liverpool were going to win the league with Jurgen Klopp playing sexy football. Uh. And now, as you'd expect from any good Frenchman, Arsene Wenger is getting in on the sexy action with his latest statement about a reinvigorated Theo Walcott. He lets the passion come out of his body, you know. Disgusting. If Theo Walcott wants to release his passion, he should be doing it in the privacy of his own home, if you ask me. But back to that sexy German Jürgen Klopp. The Liverpool boss managed not to drop his trousers this week whilst he was giving an interview about how he felt managing the mighty Merseyside club. Yeah, how I said a few times, I'm a really obviously a lucky bastard. On one hand, once again, Jürgen is playing his role perfectly. A humble man of the people. On the other hand, are you sure you feel like such a lucky bastard? I mean, I sat through the 90 minutes of Boarfest that was Liverpool versus Manchester United earlier in the week, and I think I'd rather dig my own eyes out with rusty spoons, chop my ears off with blunt forks, or even watch West Bromwich Albion than have to watch that lot play week in, week out. Although, to be fair, much of the negative criticism in that game was placed firmly at the front door of Jose Mourinho, a door which was no doubt blocked by the team coach. Yep, Jose reverted to form and not only parked the bus at Anfield, but parked the bus, put the handbrake on, took the wheels off and then parked another bus in front of the previous one, just for good measure. A tactic which inspired my favourite tweet of the week by at Nick Pettigrew, who said... If Mourinho directed Die Hard, it would be 90 minutes of Bruce Willis hiding in a cupboard, then applauding his tactics for not getting shot. You became a motherfucker. 
It's the kind of comedy genius that I'm sure the Portuguese himself would admire after he appeared going head-to-head in a game of Who Laughs First Loses with comedian John Bishop for the Channel 4 charity bash Stand Up to Cancer. The manager was as stony-faced as ever as he faced a barrage of Scouse one-liners like What started in Portugal went to London, was very successful and now is in Manchester. Nando's. But as they say, the old ones are the best. And it was his own wits that finally became the downfall of the special one. What do you call a sheep with no legs? <laughs> a sheep with no legs? <laughs> <laughs> a cloud! <laughs> Hey, if you like that one, Jose, you're going to love this one. Did you hear about the promising young player who left the club on a free transfer only to be signed back four years later for a world record fee and turned out to be a bit shit? Jose? Did you get it, mate? Jose? Ah, ah, never mind. There is no doubt that technology has improved football. If I want to sit at home on my sofa watching Gary Neville discussing the merits of playing wing-backs on a Monday night in 3D super slow-mo, now I can. And that's a great thing, I think. But it seems that in some quarters, football is taking a stand. Adam Murray, the manager of League Two side Mansfield, has hit back at the technological onslaught by banning mobile phones at the club to ensure players start talking to each other. He said, We get lost in this technology world now and we forget the actual core values of human beings. So presumably Mansfield will now be changing the name of their ground from the One Call Stadium to the None Call Stadium. But Murray isn't the only manager fighting for a new world order, a reinstatement of human values and a team full of players who'd rather communicate with each other than play Snake. And that's a different kind of Snake to the game that Ryan Giggs enjoys playing. Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola is currently making North Korea look like a Butlin's holiday camp in comparison to his iron fist regime at the Etihad. Having already banned his players from eating pizza, the very food that motivated Leicester to win the league last season, Pep has now set his sights on shutting down the training ground Wi-Fi, which I imagine a few of the players thought was a new Italian signing. And it's Wi-Fi now with the ball. Cross field into land. Lays it off to Ruta. First time. And it's ISP with the header. Pablo Zabaleta revealed Pep's evil regime in an interview with Argentinian TV, saying... The dressing room is on the bottom floor, three floors down. There isn't even 3G connection there. He's a monster! But that wasn't all. He makes us have breakfast and eat lunch all together at the club. Ah, breakfast and lunch together? It's worse than Guantanamo Bay! How does he expect grown men who earn £300,000 a week to spend the four hours a day they actually do spend working without checking funny cat videos online, writing angry Brexit comments on Facebook or accidentally tweeting pictures of their own cock every 30 seconds? It's not acceptable. I'd imagine that Joe Hart is currently thanking his lucky stars that he is well out of it. The England number one is certainly enjoying a new lease of life over in Italy with Torino. 
Whilst his replacement was shipping four to Barcelona in midweek, Joe has been enjoying hero status after being described by his teammates as a Rolls Royce of a footballer. But here's my question. If Joe is a Rolls Royce, then what type of cars would other footballers be? Harry Kane is probably a Range Rover. Overpriced, British and rubbish on corners. Daniel Sturridge is that convertible that you bought on eBay. It looked really good online, flashy at first sight, but before you score or even get your top off, it breaks down. And Wayne Rooney is one of those cars they have in the Flintstones. Once the legs have gone, it's no use to anybody. Are Leicester City about to do it again? Everyone said they weren't going to win the Premier League last season, and they won the Premier League last season. Now, everyone's saying they're not going to win the Champions League, and they're making a bloody good go of it so far. Three games and three wins, and the possibility of Leicester City doing a Leicester City looks, well, like a possibility. You're the only team in Europe that has a 100% record. Yeah, <laughs> we are the, the record teams, man. Eh? But don't let his disarming charm fool you. Victory in the Champions League would leave Claudio Ranieri as some kind of tactical football genius, winning whatever competition he sees fit. And it would put him in pole position to take the England job in 2018 ahead of the World Cup. I can see this happening. Southgate gets the sack for bribing England players to miss penalties and thus securing a sequel to his very profitable 1996 Pizza Hut advert. His replacement, Harry Redknapp, upsets the FA by letting his dog pick the team. After all, he does let his dog do his accounts and possibly drive his car. And then in panic, before the big competition, English football turns to the lovable Italian. Dilly ding, dilly dong, come on! Cue everyone writing off England's chances of winning the World Cup. Cue odds of 5,000 to 1 of them getting to the quarter-finals. Cue national outrage from the press as the standards of the national team fall. But with Ranieri at the helm, England still failed to get out of the group stages after limping to a nil-nil draw with Albania. OK, maybe that's fantasy. The Ranieri bit, not the bit about England going out in the group stages. That's the reality. But what about another man in the frame for the gig, if the FA twist on Southgate? Alan Pardew gave TV cameras a glimpse inside his office at Crystal Palace this weekend, with the boss answering some tough questions. Sadly, those tough questions didn't include if those black-rimmed glasses he started wearing actually contain any glass or not. It did include, however, how he managed to persuade Crystal Palace's chairman to sign Christian Benteke. Christian Benteke, you brought him. How, how, how much thought did go into that move? Did you have to push the chairman for that one, or...? Yeah, sweet talking. <laughs> uh, a couple of dinners with him uh, and uh, everything else, yeah. Wow. Sounds like Pardew may have actually had to put out to get Penteke in. I guess that's the special relationship that a manager and a chairman enjoys. It's also ironic that with a £27 million price tag and 120 grand a week wages, it seems like it's the club that's really getting f***ed. But Alan Pardew also seemed to rule himself out of the England job. I think I've got the experience to do it. I think I can do it one day. I don't know if this is the time. So once again, I find myself thinking outside of the box when it comes to potential Three Lions bosses. And I am drawn to footballing gargoyle Ian Dowie. 
who showed his astute tactical and analytical brain this week when talking about Manchester United. You know, they've got Pogba with legs, Martial with legs, you know, Rashford, if he was in the side with legs. See, I have never heard a single pundit ever point out that the world's best footballers have legs. In fact, I can't think of a single legless footballer in the current top 10, maybe even the top 20. I'll take it a step further. Most of those footballers have two legs. Dowie, footballing genius. And finally, if you thought the worst thing that Phil Collins ever did for music was that bloody chocolate advert with the gorilla drumming, think again. The professional Danny DeVito lookalike committed a far worse crime. He took one of the most magical bits of football and music and pissed all over it. No, he didn't remix the Spice Girls' 1998 World Cup anthem, Top of the World. No, he didn't cover Gazza's Fog on the Tyne. It's far worse. He wrote an ode to the footballing institution that is match of the day. I'll warn you now, I'm going to play it. Some things are better left unheard, so I don't blame you if you turn off now. You sure? Right, we're doing this. Here we go. There's the reds and there's the greens. Super slicks and has beans. And they're accompanied by three men dressed in black. One's a whistle, two are flags. And quite often they're the drags. Keep the ball until the go. And put it back. Yes, match of the days. The only way to spend your God. No invisible touch, is it? I'm a particular fan of the line, yes, match of the day, the only way you can spend a Saturday. It's the kind of rhyming couplet that Noel Gallagher would be proud of. It's in their musical past, so I guess we can just forget about it. The only thing I ask, Phil, is don't redo it for the modern world, because then you'd have to find something to rhyme with Lineker's pants. And I think that's something that we're all best forgetting about. That's it for another On The Left Side. Come back next week for a load of football funny. In fact, you know what? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for free and next time we'll come to you. Plus, check out at On The Left Side on Twitter and see the other stuff that we get up to. Right, I'm off to put 10 quid on Claudia Ranieri becoming the next US president because that's full time. Bye! On The Left Side is a Paint Your Headphones production written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson.